I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's the big show. Woo, what a weekend the Saints put on for us. I want to I wanna say, Mickey Loomis... Dave, he deserves the Congressional Medal of Freedom. In our time of need, he gave us, when we were all locked in our house, he gave us the most brilliant, amazing, crazy weekend we could imagine. At the, at the very least, you could give him a chef's kiss, Ralph. <laughs> Come on. Ralph, did you do this uh, Jameis Winston crab gif? I did. I did. That's impressive work. We uh well no I didn't do it I just I found it Giphy.com. Oh so you you didn't superimpose Jameis Winston's <laughs> no. head on the crowd? No. Who do you think Ralph is? Gee, Andrew. I was, gonna, I was gonna say I was gonna say that's impressive work. <laughs> Andrew, we're lucky this live stream Ramshackle podcast gets off every week. I mean, seriously. 
You, you're uh, you're really testing banana meter right now with that I'm, statement. It is. So, um, we'll just work our way backwards because the Saints managed Tarantino the shit. Yeah, because the Saints managed to dominate the day after the draft in NFL news. Before I even had my morning coffee, they had agreed to a one-year deal with Jameis Winston. And then like an hour later, they had signed Taysom Hill to a two-year, $21 million contract. Um, let's start with the Taysom contract because I think that's... Wait, is that the order? Didn't they take? Didn't they do Taysom first and then Jameis Winston? No. No. Uh-huh. No, it was... It was Jameis first, but they, but apparently, well, they, I mean, we don't, we don't really know the order, but Jameis, the Jameis news, we were all still asleep when right. that, oh my when God. that went live. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. I was still sleeping. Yeah, Andrew called me. He's like, "You seen it?" I'm like, "What? Did they draft somebody in a round that doesn't exist? What, what are they doing at eight fifteen in the fucking morning?" And he's like, "They, they're gonna sign Jameis Winston." I'm like, "Great." Um, <laughs> But the Taysom contract was interesting because it's two years, $21 million. Uh, apparently, they had told Taysom what they were going to do with Winston. They've sort of kept him informed of what they what they want. Um, so, to me, Dave, the Taysom contract is really interesting because it clearly states the Saints, he's going to get first crack at replacing Drew Reason 2021. We'll get to Jameis in a second, but his is only a one-year deal. Like, all the flowery talk of Taysom Hill being the next Steve Young, and they totally believe in him, and he's a starting quarterback. Like, the Saints put their money where their mouth is. Like, he's going to get a legitimate shot to do this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is... So so far, everything that uh, the Saints have said is, uh, like you said, is is, is what's happening. And uh, you know, this is this is Taysom's team after Drew Brees is gone. Andrew, explain this contract to me because it's a little weird. Like they could have made him stay at the four and a half million dollar tender, but they gave him yeah. twenty one million over two years, sixteen million guaranteed. Like it's not. It's a really nice contract for him and the Saints. We'll get into it as the offseason progresses. Their cap situation in 2021 is the most challenging Loomis Mass situation we've ever seen. They're negative in the cap right now, and they have a bunch of people to sign next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Mickey Loomis will figure it out, uh, starting with Drew Brees if he retires and everything. But uh, that, that'll be for a different podcast on a different day uh, to kind of address that. But yeah, it is an interesting contract. Taysom Hill, two years, twenty-one million dollars. Um, most of it guaranteed, sixteen million guaranteed. Uh, you know, I, I kind of go both ways on this one because, in some sense, he's really getting starter, like low starter money, basically. You know, I, I would say Teddy Bridgewater last year got seven million to be the highest paid backup in the NFL. This average is ten and a half million a year. Um, so I think it rewards Taysom for basically being a backup deluxe, you know, uh, I mean, by far the best backup in the league is what that says he is. And I think it tries to begin to put a value on the different things that he does for the team. So it's interesting in that when you look at that deal, you kind of ask yourself, he was slotted to make 4.6 million this year. Would he have rather just stay on a one year deal 
and taken his chances in free agency. You know, could someone have signed him to a long-term contract or even a short-term deal that said, hey, we'll give you starters money. We want you to be our starter. I think there's a reality here that Taysom Hill probably realizes he was not going to get meaningful quarterback snaps, at least not enough for someone to take that kind of leap of faith in him. And so what this contract does is it kind of meets in between. He's not quite getting starters money, uh, but he doesn't have to go in free agency next year and seek that out, you know, because if he doesn't get a starter contract, then he's basically, basically being given a backup deal, which is probably like two years, 10 million. Um, And this is more than that. So it's kind of interesting how he's now tied to the saints for two years. If breeze retires, you know, he, he'll be one of two quarterbacks. The other would be Tommy Stevens under contract for 2021. Um, and, you know, unless the Saints were to re-sign Jameis Winston or bring someone else for competition, um, they wouldn't have to franchise tag him or anything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This contract is cheaper than franchise tagging him. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to like it if you're a Saints fan. And uh, it's interesting that Taysom Hill is taking it because... You know, I think a lot of quarterbacks would bet on themselves and say, yeah, you know well, what, I'm, I'm going to stay on this one-year deal and I'm going to test free agency. Well, that's the thing I was going to say, Dave. I could see a scenario where the Saints go 12-4, and 13-3 again, get in the playoffs, and Taysom Hill, if he does in the playoffs what he, does against, what he did against Minnesota, but it's two times or – two times and one of them is the Super Bowl like that 2021 Saints contract for 10 and a half million will be robbery like if Taysom Hill goes in the playoffs and rocks it a team a team will give him the keys to be the starting quarterback I guarantee it like is it wise I don't know but if he had a playoff if he has two good playoff games this year and the Saints win the Super Bowl or he's like Super Bowl MVP with limited snaps, I guarantee you a team would give him what they gave Teddy. Like, it seems crazy, but I guarantee you a team would. Yeah, but he's, at that point, they're giving him money to be a quarterback? Yeah, I totally think. I mean, because 
if you're talking about this season and playing meaningful snaps, you're talking about him playing meaningful snaps at quarterback, or are you talking about all the other positions he plays? I'm talking about. I'm talking about. It would be the exact same as what he did in 2019. Maybe a little bit more on offense, a little less on special teams, but he would be amazing in the playoffs. If he just did that this year and was a free agent, I guarantee you a team would pay him. And then what? Use him as a full-time quarterback? No. Yeah, they'd use him as a full-time quarterback. Do you, Andrew, I, are you scoffing at my idea? No, I, I agree. I, I think I think anything the team see, I mean, he, he's already shown that his running ability, his ability to play in big-time situations, I mean, how he played against Minnesota in that playoff game, he he's already shown that he's a gamer. So I think there's already a lot of respect there. Now, can he consistently play a, a game at quarterback from start to finish? That remains to be seen. But I think any more solid tape that he puts out there, I mean, the more he puts out there, the more teams I think would be willing to take a risk on him. Yeah. Who, you know, they're going to have Winston in 2020, Dave. So what's this quarterback situation going to be if Drew gets hurt again like he did in 2019? Is it going to be Winston or is it going to be Winston for a half and then Taysom Hill? Like Because Teddy Bridgewater, he had a year in the system. This year, Winston's going to be the Saints' backup quarterback. They're going to have no offseason. They're not going to have mini camps. They're not going to have install. It's a steep uphill climb for him I think to get on even footing with Taysom and understanding of the offense at least so where do you think when it all shakes out what's going to be the depth chart at quarterback for the Saints uh I've got to think if Breeze gets injured I think uh I don't think you go to Winston I I think Taysom Hill's the guy if he's the guy who's going to be your you, the, the next man up when Drew Brees retires, then why wouldn't he be the next man up when Drew Brees gets injured? Um, <laughs> I think I think Winston is more of an insurance in that situation, so that when Taysom or, or for if, if either Taysom or Drew gets injured, um, you know if Taysom gets injured, then obviously they want a backup in case Drew should get injured, and obviously if Drew gets injured, they're going to need a backup for Taysom. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's just an additional insurance policy. And look, I, I know, <laughs> I know why Jameis Winston is in the position he's in because he threw 30 interceptions last year and he was generally pretty terrible. Um, well, he alternates but, uh, between awesome, spectacular throws and yeah. bonehead. So he's not he showed, te- terrible. Right, he to- shows, he's shown flashes of brilliance. I mean, he's beaten the Saints before. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's shown flashes of, of, of good quarterback play. I mean, my thing is, is I, I think maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm excited about it because I really think that part of his problem was his, his poor vision. Uh, and he never wore contacts, and he never wore glasses when he played. And I don't know how bad his vision was, but he got LASIK in February. And what I think that do? medicine's not I, a science. I, I think um, I think that that actually could potentially make a big difference. And you could see a much improved Jameis Winston. I'm not kidding, because he has you know 20, 20, 30, 30, whatever it is, vision uh, now. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see what happens. I mean, Andrew, maybe he plays, 
Maybe somehow he plays great. I mean, you know, even if there's a season, is there going to be a preseason? That, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about how, like, what's the preseason going to look like given coronavirus situation? Uh, are they going to even have a preseason? Is it going to be a shortened preseason? Uh, we're not going to – I don't think we're going to get the chance um, to see – all these training camp battles play out uh, like we normally would. So I don't know how much Jameis Winston we're even going to get to see. I I totally agree. I think I think if they have a season, even if it's with uh, no fans, I think they're going to be like, we're not doing the preseason because that's just extra travel. That right. more chance to get people to get sick. So we're not doing it. You're practicing for a month by yourself, and then we're playing games. Um, but Andrew. Jameis is, is, to put it lightly, he's problematic. I mean, crab legs, the gif that we have on this podcast, he's got that. He's been rapey two separate times at Florida State and in yeah. an Uber. Um, he's not. He just seems like an idiot. He does. But the thing with him is fans in Tampa, the, the team in Tampa, his teammates loved him in Tampa. Saints players were excited that they're getting him. But, Andrew, I really – don't want him to be the long-term answer at Saints quarterback. It's fine that he plays for a year. Hopefully he doesn't play at all and he gets some of that uh, residual, hey, he studied under Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Maybe he's changed. Like, that would be great for him, but I really don't want him to be the future of the Saints. Like, if you told me I could have Jameis Winston or a mystery behind door number two, I would take door number two. Like, I just – I don't want him to be – to be. I don't want to be rooting you for Jameis Winston in the next five years. Uh-huh. I, ne- I never hated Aaron Brooks, but I wasn't a huge fan. I didn't hate him as much as some fans did. But to me, Jameis Winston is Aaron Brooks, except he's got off-the-field issues, too. <laughs> so, like, I mean, seriously, that that's that's what he seems like to me. Now, maybe he's a little bit more talented than Brooks was, but not much. I mean, Brooks was insanely talented. Maybe he's got a little bit more ability i mean it's close to me he's aaron brooks with off the field issues that that's that's and i i mean why why would you say he's any better than that based on his win losses when when he's been in tampa based on his production i mean it's very aaron brooksy brooksy was seven and nine eight and eight every year i would say brooks protected the ball better and and both of them had major issues with protecting the football. So, you know, Brooks may be less dangerous throwing, more dangerous running. You know, he, he had more of an impact with his legs. But I just think ultimately when you look at Jameis Winston, and I'll go back to your original question, which is how will the Saints employ this? I agree with Dave 100%. I, I think if Breeze goes down, you've got to go with the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win. And right now, in my opinion, that's Taysom Hill. I think if you compare Taysom Hill to Winston, now the big question is, how much does Winston develop and come along? If the LASIK thing is a big deal, uh, then maybe he looks really good. And, you know, with more opportunities to play quarterback, if Taysom kind of bones the, the opportunity and doesn't look that good, then Maybe there's a way for a path for Jameis to kind of wedge himself in there, but I think it's going to have to be the con- the combination of Winston looking better than he did in Tampa and Taysom taking a step back. You know, that's how he could get to some playing time if Drew got hurt. But you know, I don't view this that differently. I, I mean, obviously, we've all been thinking about this a lot today. I 
just feel like when I look at the free how the Saints approach free agency and they lowballed Nadamik and Sue, they lowballed uh, Wilkerson, they lowballed Jimmy Graham, uh, they lowballed Ziggy Ansa. I mean, you think of all these players, they they have poked around at these big names and they've lost out on them because other people, other teams have paid these guys market value or higher. And I don't view this as any different. You know, I'm sure, and we saw that there was another team, the Steelers out there, that sent Jameis Winston an offer, and it was much higher than the Saints. And, you know, I think the Saints just looked at it as, hey, we need a quarterback. Let's lowball Jameis Winston and see what happens. If he, if he doesn't take it and go somewhere else for more money, no big deal. We'll lose out on him like all the other names I just mentioned. But if he takes it, then we have a deluxe third-string quarterback. So, you know, the more I've thought about this today, I don't know that we necessarily have to look into this too much or think – about no, any, any, what what this means for the future. I think they just lowballed the deluxe third string quarterback. He took the offer. And so now, you know, the Saints have a guy in their building that they can evaluate for a year and then they'll go from there because you, you can't look a year into the future. We don't know what will happen with Taysom Hill health wise or, or whatever. And we don't know how Jameis is going to look for a year. So you get a guy in your building, you evaluate him. And then, you know, after his contract's up, you make a decision um, my strong sense is that this will be a one-year situation with Winston, and then I think there will probably be a team out there that says, Jameis kept his nose clean for a year in New Orleans, uh, and he learned from Breeze, he learned from Peyton, let's gamble on him and make him our starter. I could see it happen. Oh, completely. Do you, do you, do you think that there is going to be any issues or problems you know, in Tampa for, what, three, four years now, he's been, you know, the main guy, the leader in the locker room, the leader on the team, the leader of the offense. Is he going to have a problem coming to New Orleans and now being the third guy in the room on having to just sit there and listen? Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. I don't, be- I don't think so. I, 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 if it were Cam Newton, I would say absolutely. I think it's Cam Newton will not ex- accept a pay cut you know, a backup salary to go. He, cause he's, he views himself. I've been league MVP. I've been to a super bowl. Like I'm the man and I need to be a starter somewhere. And so I, I could see Cam Newton not playing this year because I don't think he's going to get the offer he's looking for and to humble himself to be a backup. But I just think Jameis, you know, he, he's never really accomplished anything. I mean, you could say that he's thrown for over 4,000 yards and, you know, all these things. But, I mean, statistically, he's done some stuff, but he's never won. You know, he's never been successful in the the, league, relatively speaking. So I I think Jameis will totally humble himself. And that's what I said this morning. My biggest concern, and I said this before Taysom got a two-year contract, but my biggest concern going into this was that Jameis Winston was going to be a model citizen, look awesome, play really well, do so well, that the Saints say, you know what, we're going to commit to Jameis, not Taysom. And then when he gets the keys of the car two years later, then he shows his ass. And then he turns back to being Jameis Winston. <laughs> so that that was my biggest fear in getting him in the building. No, uh, David Bowman in the chat brings up a good thing I, had, I hadn't thought about. Uh, I'm excited now about the training camp QB challenges that Drew oh puts my together. God. <laughs> so, I don't man. think we're going to have, we probably won't have any because of coronavirus, but no, they probably won't. But if they do, they'll be sponsored, happening. man. Be must see yeah. YouTube television. <laughs> uh, I think those would be the funny. One, the one thing I'll say with, with Jameis is to piggyback on Andrew is 
he is going to be low-key. And the thing is with the Saints, I think players around the league look at their locker room, and they're like, that locker room is fun. Teddy Bridgewater, he is a backup quarterback. He had fun. Kamara has fun. Sean Payton looks like he's fun when they're winning. And I think that plays into it. And I think Jameis is just going to keep his head down. Maybe he does goofy things in the locker room and tries to take over that sort of Teddy Bridgewater fun celebration guy role, which would be a fine. Um, but it's it, it it's interesting. I, I mean, feel- remember, too, it's a one-year deal. And from everything I'm hearing, it's very low money um for a guy like this so if that's the case they can cut him at any time like if he's a bonehead and i I just think when guys are on a one-year deal and they're not getting paid they have they don't have any security they're they're not going to rock the boat because they know teams won't tolerate they'll just ship them out if they have a problem and i you know last thing on this is Jameis Winston, Dave, he could really look at this as like, I'm going to New Orleans and this is, I'm taking the master class from Sean Payton and Drew Brees and I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to learn some stuff uh, and I'd rather go there than go to Pittsburgh and and, and be under them. I, I think this is, uh, yeah. maybe he views Now the way. bottom line, like if he's going to be the third string and you see what he has, fine. For a minimum deal, it's, uh, I really don't care about bringing anyone into camp on a low contract. That, that, that's never going to bother me. Um, but, and and when I say, I've said this many times on the podcast, I don't care about, are they model citizens? Like this is my entertainment and I don't subscribe to just like, they don't have to have my moral compass. So, you know, they don't have to live up to some standard of morality for me to, I root for the emblem, you know, the players, (laughs) I don't hang out with them. I don't know what they do when they go home. So like, I'm not going to dig too deep, you know? But I will make an exception for starting quarterback. I do think your starting quarterback is a statesman of the team. He represents the organization. Uh, we've been blessed to, to see Breeze do it for the last 15 years. And to go from Breeze to that idiot would be <laughs> Bad. awful. And, and, and so I, I hate this in the sense that I just cannot fathom having Jameis Winston as, a, as the starting, as the face of this franchise like to me, that like when you look at Teddy being in the building and Taysom Hill and what those guys represent and their character, um, I, if it was Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill, I would feel very different than I would about Jameis Winston. And look, if he's here for a year as a backup and then he goes elsewhere, that's fine. But I would have a really hard time. I mean, I, I'm not saying I would stop rooting for the team or anything like that, but uh, I, I would be strongly against I just... Bottom line, and, and again, people can change. We'll see. But I am not a believer in Jameis Winston on or off the field. So, Guys, I am like in my feelings right now. And uh, <laughs> I'm just – I'm I'm upset because I'm really, exci- I'm really excited for next season. Like I, there's a lot of good things going on. They already had a great roster. I feel like they've made a lot of good improvements. Um, and – uh, you know, a lot of fun guy, interesting guys like Jameis Winston, but I'm worried. And obviously, this is going to be Drew, this is supposed to be Drew's farewell tour. Um, uh, I mean, this is it. This is like this is the the one the, the big attempt to to go for it and and really make a, a shot at the Super Bowl. And I'm concerned that uh, this whole season is going to be canceled. I really well. Am. I mean, we'll have plenty of time to get into. Oh that. my god. What's there's no way, there's no way Breeze is gonna retire like this. He he'd yeah. come back again 
if he had to sit out a year. Well, the one thing I will say, Dave, about that is we'll have having a we'll moment, have, guys. I'm having a moment. <laughs> well, I have my moments too during the day. The one thing I'll say about it is we'll have plenty of ta- time to talk about if they don't have a season. So we just sort of put it in the corner and ignore it. The one thing I will say is if they have a season, I really believe the Saints are set up to kick ass because they've had this same team basically for four years. I agree. And, I agree. This is it. If, if it's not I'm, if it's not this this year, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. If Andrew, if they ha- when when the NFL season starts, and I believe it will, I'm going to pound that Saints over. That's ten and I think it's ten and a half or eleven, depending on where you go. Because I just think they're they're ready made, and they're not going to have to integrate too many yeah, guys. Great, Ralph. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and fucking jinx it for all of us. Go ahead and do that. Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> hey, man, I bet the over for the Saints the last four years it's worked out. I was the right, closest right. one to the prediction this year. I predicted to fourteen and two. And wait, uh, wait, wait! Before I forget, before I forget, Darren Ravel, fuck you, man! Who hurt you, dude? Come on. <laughs> so, before the Saints did their quarterback moves today, they signed the UDFA of our dreams, aka Throckmorton. Uh, Andrew, yeah, I know you. You pay attention. I mean, to we all pretty the... much we we all pretty much just willed that into existence. We I did. mean, we pulled his name out of nowhere off of a, off of a list. I was just looking. Well, hold the... on. I've been I've been hearing about this kid for about a no, decade. No, yeah, yeah. No, you totally have. But but we didn't even we didn't even know that when he was in eighth grade, like <laughs> mauling twelve year old girls in you know the co-ed league. My <laughs> my coworker was telling me, dude, my cousin, you got to check him out. You got to check him out. He's getting offers from colleges already. I'm telling you, he's going to be a beast one day. I've been hearing that shit for a decade. Right, but but we didn't even know that until Ralph and I both kind of mentioned it as as a fun guy to draft or to pick up. Uh, I can't believe he's on the name. Saints. I cannot <laughs> believe. What I'm saying, we willed it into existence. Well, Andrew, I mean, didn't we you say they they video chatted him like three times or something? I don't know. Why didn't Andrew know all of this already? Yeah, why didn't? You? But uh, I don't know. I mean, it would help if I was seeing my coworker at the office, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to. I think I have a face meeting with him tomorrow, Zoom meeting. So I'll have to prod him for information. So yes, you do. The Saints they signed an LSU. I'm sure I could get him on the show. I'll, they signed I'll an, They didn't draft an LSU player, but they signed a UDFA McGee who murdered two dudes against, against Vanderbilt. He's a guard for LSU that'll be fun but as far as the draft went I mean they traded up you need to choose your words wisely because you just said murder two dudes and this two-lane basketball player just got arrested for murdering somebody so I (laughs) took you literally there for a minute you gotta be careful with that please phrasing (laughs) uh but the thing is with the, the Saints draft, I mean, and I, I said it in my Channel 4 comment, I said it at the opening of the show, like, I know it was sad for Kevin, but as far as entertainment value, could it have, could it, I don't think, I couldn't think of a scenario where it could have been more fun Thursday and Friday than it ended up being. Well, I had a blast on the on the two podcasts we did Friday night. <laughs> From what I remember, <laughs> uh, it when was, you were get when, when you were getting bendy yourself, yeah, yeah, 
By the way, what is what's what's Winston's bendiness quotient? Do we know? No. See, bendy. How, bo- how are the bond on the Bayou T-shirts? I think Cam Jordan has bent bent him in half a couple times. <laughs> yeah, we need to do we need to do Bond on the Bayou, and we need to do uh, Rock Out with your Rock Out. <laughs> so, I mean, as you've had a chance to process the draft, though, besides the fun element, which was just amazing, amazing. Uh, how do you how how do you both feel about it, Andrew? I'll start with you. Well, I mean, I'll add Jameis to the mix and then taste him today. I just, I, I can't believe that after all that, yes, the, everything that transpired between Thursday and Saturday, and then this morning they sign an LSU player, they give Taysom Hill a two-year deal, and they sign Jameis Winston. So, like the, the last four days have just been insane. They've been awesome. I think I speak for all of us when I say we really needed this and. You know, regardless of how you feel, if you agree with me on Jason Jameis, or if you think I'm crazy, um, and and you think he's gonna he, he's great for the Saints, I think we can all agree that the Saints have entertained us, and you know, at a time where we're just bored out of our minds and not able to watch sports, this went about as well as it could have if you're a Saints fan in terms of entertainment and action. Uh, it, it was an action-packed week slash weekend. And so I really enjoyed it. I mean, in terms of the picks, um, you know, I'm excited that they were able to get three guys. I mean, forget all the trading. They're going to have a full draft next year. Uh, I I think they, I mean, the quarterback, Tommy Stevens, we'll see. That's a total developmental project, whatever. Um, Sean Canfield 4.0. Yeah. But the three, (laughs) the three guys they drafted are supposed to be top. We'll call it 50 top 50 range players. And it's going to be interesting to see how uh how they do um and and fredo no i I was saying they're gonna have all their picks last year i I meant that because they're gonna get comp picks at three and six uh which you know so they'll recoup those picks they traded away but um i'll just say this about the draft i think ruiz and troutman are, are interesting guys so i'm looking forward to them but the one guy in this draft that i think has to be a hit this year is Zach Bond. I think of the three, when you look at the Saints linebacker situation, I'm glad they got a linebacker, but he is the one of the three that I'm really banking on to be good this year. Like there's a there's a chance that everything goes according to plan, Dave, and they get lucky with injuries. Warford loses weight, gets back to his 2017-2018 level. Ruiz doesn't play much and Jared Cook is just phenomenal. Josh Hill keeps doing Josh Hill type thing. And Troutman is just kind of there and inactive, maybe some, you know? Um, so that's the interesting thing. Are you saying he's Colby Fleener 2.0? I mean, if he ends up being a 50 catch tight end, that's okay. But the one thing I was going to say, Andrew, is we, we said on our second round preview for the Saints podcast, which everybody, everybody you should become a $10 patron. You get the crew to taste some cup, you get the koozie, you get the magnet, and you get the podcast every single day. You should do it. Uh, we had 15 new signups this month. I mean, this weekend. Thank you, guys. Um, but the one thing we said on that, that patrons-only podcast is, is we wanted two things. Andrew wanted the Saints not to pick Jordan Love. Check. Check. And we wanted the Saints to have all their picks for the 2021 draft, which 
basically they do because they'll get the third round comp pick and the sixth round comp pick back. So it all went according to the form and they managed to be reckless and do trades and keep all the 2021 picks. It couldn't have it couldn't have worked out any better, better than it did. You know what? I would, I'm just realizing now. You know, we did that final mock draft simulation on the big show before the draft, and we kind of got silly with it and made a whole bunch of trades. I mean, they really did. They they really kind of were as crazy in real life as we were in that. They were in that in that in that simulation. <laughs> they were. I mean. The, the crazy thing was, I wonder, because they said they were trying to trade up for like an hour to get uh, Zach Bond. Uh, God. I wonder. <laughs> thank, thank, God. Thank, thank God they fucked that up. Thank God they didn't. Who knows what they would have given up. But well, if you're Mickey Loomis, why do you admit that? Like, he, he went on I the know. air and he's like, yeah, he's like, we were, we, we were lucky because we were trying to trade for Zach Bond for an hour and we would have given up more than we ended up giving up to get him. Like, why? Why would you say that? I mean, here's the thing, though. Teams. It's almost like he's like, yeah, you guys think this is insane. I was about to sink a first. I mean, <laughs> Andrew, what do you think? I mean, teams just didn't want the Saints 2021 second round pick. That's basically what it came down to, right? Well, I mean, they valued the, the player they were going to get, you know. So I, I think maybe that that's part of it is just sometimes a team's like, uh, we like the value we have here and we believe we can get a player that will help us more so than these hypothetical picks next year. So that's where you run into trouble. But, man, if the Saints struggle to trade for an hour, I mean, an hour is 20 picks, you know, and at least – and yeah. uh, well, no, probably 15, 20 picks. So for Bond to stay available for that long, I mean, the other thing you have to ask is, are the Saints valuing him higher than everyone else? And should that make us worried? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think he's in the ra- he was in that range. I saw him as high as low first and as low as like where the Saints picked him. So that's I mean his his range was kind of all over the place. Um he he did have um Dave, It was a surprise that the Saints He did have medicine's not a science. He did have some medical issues. I mean, he's got uh he had a foot issue. He's been healthy the last 2 years though. Yeah. But uh Dave, what are your opinions of the mini Ditka, the dollar store Ditka trade for Troutman, after you've had a couple days to process it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn. I, you know, I, I see both sides of it. I, I, we, you know, we talked about how this season's probably going to be different. It's going to be shortened or whatever because of uh, the pandemic. And, you know, so... This is the year where you don't really want to have too many players. You want to keep it manageable. And also, the Saints, their roster is already deep. Uh, so what's the point in drafting seven, eight guys uh, if you're going to wind up cutting all of them? I, you know, before the draft, I said I'm, I kind of feel the opposite way. I'm, I'm all about the drafting a bunch of players, see what shakes out. You never know who's going to surprise you. You know, you, you never, never be complacent with your roster. Um, but obviously they did the opposite and they kind of just said, you know what, we're just going to take, we just need three or four guys that uh, we think are good. 
that are going to be actually make this team. And, you know, we don't want to bring in too many guys that we can't control because we can't be with them and they can't report to camp and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but I mean, like you said, Ralph, it was fun. It was super fun. You know, day two was Amazing. awesome. That was wild. Um, and uh, at, at the very least, it was entertaining. Uh, they won the trade regardless chart. Regardless of what the, happens the, on the, the, on the, the, the pick field. the Saints got in the third round was had more value, according to the trade chart, than the four picks they gave up. So Combined. Yeah, I yeah. saw Larry Holder tweet that, I think, right? Yeah, you know, another thing that's interesting is if you look at how much money the Saints are giving to the undrafted rookies – uh, it's a ton. It's way more than the other teams. I mean, Throckmorton got 120,000, and I saw something on uh, on Twitter today from Adam Schefter that said that there was another team that paid some guy 80k, and he was, you know, commented that that felt like a lot. Um, but then you look at the Saints, and they had like five guys that they gave over 80k to: 90, 95, 100k, 120k. They so, needed the Throck. So they paid yeah. the news. So I, they I needed to rock out with that rock out. When the Saints only yeah. drafted four guys, uh, and they have more money for their rookie bonus for the rookie pool, uh, they were able to spend more on the undrafted guys. So you know, I think the flip side of that coin is that, you know, when you look at these undrafted guys, are they really that much worse than a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick? I mean, it's all a crapshoot at that point. And uh, you know, they were able to get their pick of the litter there a little bit because they had a little bit more funds. It, it was. If if I said to you, Andrew, I know you said uh, Bond heads to be the guy that they need him the most in yeah. 2020. But if I said to you, 500 bucks in three years, who's going to be the best player of this draft? Who would you pick? Oh, I, if you say three years, then I definitely want it to be Ruiz because. You know, the Warford thing's interesting. I think a lot of times when you get a talented player like that that's coming off a bad year and was overweight, you know, when you draft a first-round pick like this and Warford's in a contract year, uh, I think that's the motivation that a veteran like that needs to get in shape. Uh, I would expect that Warford, I mean, either he's kind of over it, at which point, I mean, it might be like an Unger situation where, like, he's kind of done and it's time for Ruiz to be good now, or Warford's going to come back and play really well this year, in which case Ruiz may not start. Uh, and Ruiz may be kind of your sixth O lineman and may play if someone gets injured, may do some tackle eligible stuff. But uh, I think that's a good situation for the Saints to be in because if Warford kind of recommits himself and looks great this year, uh, then Ruiz doesn't have to play as much this year and he doesn't have to be awesome. Uh, but looking down the road, I think of all those players, you know, he's the one. Offensive line is just so important. That's your first-round pick. And, uh, look, they, they drafted him to protect Breeze, but he's going to have to protect Taysom Hill or whoever it is after that. So uh, I, I would say future long-term Ruiz. Dave, do you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, the the thing is with with Ruiz, when they first picked him, I was like, oh, he's a center. Why can't you could have got him later? But you know, le- reading on Twitter and Underhill and other people, there were like four teams behind the Saints that were totally gonna pick him in the first round. So there was no like trade down, get an extra pick and get Ruiz. They could have traded down and got maybe got somebody good or whatever, but they weren't gonna get him. Um, yeah. And 
But but I mean, back to B- Zach Bond though. What I was gonna say is, I don't trust a- Alon- Kiko Alonso and Anzalone to be healthy. You know, maybe they get through ten games. I mean, who knows? Should we should we do should we get a credence clear order drop and have Bond on the bayou? Should we should we should we, <laughs> should we, add, should we yeah. add that drop? Yeah, yeah, we need that. but that's why i'm saying i think zach bond when you look at linebacker stem he's got to be good this year he's gonna play is that's the hype train who of the uh draft picks or the udfas is gonna fire up the hype train the soonest rock morton (laughs) no oh no it's it's got to be a skill position guy I think it's going to be Troutman. I think Troutman's just going to he's just going to be he's they're going to ha- you're going to see like clips of him running the one red on zone s- touchdown. Yeah, like one take. red zone touchdown 7 on 7 or like he'll have a day where he'll catch two and he's just going to blow. He's just going to he's just going to blow up Saints Twitter in the summer. That's Troutman. Troutman, he's my he's my prediction. Um other things about the I'll draft. Go, I'll go with Marquez Callaway, the the undrafted rookie out of Tennessee. Uh, I'm already seeing Saints fans on Twitter being way too excited about this guy. <laughs> I mean, he catches one seven yard out in in camp at practice in one on ones, and I just think it's going to be like gasoline. Is he going to? Is he going to? Is he going to rival Emmanuel Butler for hype, Dave? No, Emmanuel. Only Emmanuel Butler can can rival Emmanuel Butler. Uh, let's not forget he's still around. Uh, so it's just he's just another 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 wide receiver to be hyped about. <laughs> well, that brings that's that's another point we should talk about. I mean, I think if I if I look at this roster right now, quarterback man, check they address that. They got a prospect. They got Winston. So you feel better about that position. Um, I really think top to bottom when you look at the roster, they address kind of everything they yeah. needed. Um, it really, the only thing left is receiver and, uh, you say what you will about Emmanuel Butler. I think he was probably overhyped, never lived up to it. You know, they still have Dave's boy, little Jordan Humphrey, but, um, I, I just think receiver to me, I, I would like to see Traquan Smith have more competition than he has. So there's one position I still wish had been addressed that never was. Um, that's definitely it. I feel okay at wide receiver just because Adding Emmanuel Butler, it just makes Sanders. you feel so, so yeah. much better. Yeah, you mean about Sanders? It. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders. Uh, it makes me feel so much better about it because it used to be if something happens to Michael Thomas, even for like three weeks, oh my God, receiver is going to be a disaster. Now I just feel good about it, and I feel like with with Cooks and Kamara, they'll they'll have other guys. It's that they Cook. Sh- Cook, I'm having a strong night. I'm having a strong, strong night. It's been a rough. It's been a lot of work. I did say five, five say podcasts. You, 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 you missed it this morning, uh, Dave. Uh, Ralph, Ralph said uh, Jameis Hill James at Hill. one point this morning. Oh wow, wow, that's great. Dave, I'm looking should... forward to Tamis, T- Taysom Will, uh, Winston. Yeah, you should make it. A... Taysom Winston. Jameis Hill. That'd be a fu- that'd be a good that'd be a good next koozie to do. For uh, patrons, I think they would. I think they would appreciate that. Um, 
But I just feel I feel okay at wide receiver uh, with Sanders there and Traquan Smith. Like maybe they push him off the roster, maybe they don't, uh, and they have Deontay Harris too, Andrew, to do interesting things at wide receiver. I feel okay. I feel okay at wide receiver. I I look at this roster. I feel great about everything. It's just injury. You know, you, where are they going to be hit with injuries? Where can they absorb it? Um, but I kind of think they can absorb it everywhere. Well, I think they'd be. I, I, mean, I think you know. They, look, obviously, if something happens to Lattimore or Cam yeah. Jordan, I mean, there 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 are some players you lose them, and it's it's you know. But look, they lost Brees for five weeks last year. I I think when you look at this roster, I still think linebacker is a little thin. Um, you know, I would say corner. It depends on PJ Williams and Patrick Robinson. You know, can can those guys at least kind of stay marginally okay? Um, but uh, yeah, they're pretty deep. I mean, they. I, I think you go up and down the roster, they could sustain an injury at each position group and be okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous about cornerback. They could, they could, they could be a little deeper at cornerback. Yeah, I don't. The thing is, though, I don't. I feel like with the modern NFL now, Dave. I just feel like everybody's fragile at cornerback because teams throw so much and they play three and four wide receivers. Like if you're if you go down even one or two corners, even if they're even if they're not your, even if it's not the number the Saints number one and two guys, if three and four or three and five got hurt, I think they'd be in a world of hurt. But I think that's that's fucking every team. I don't think that's... having Malcolm Jenkins and C.J. Gardner Johnson though. I mean, they're, they're cover guys. And uh, they they might not be corners in the, in the strictest sense, um, but they have slot coverage ability, and I think they can help mitigate. Now, what I worry about is something happening to Janoris Jenkins um, or even Lattimore, because if they go down, then then you're probably playing P.J. Williams or Patrick Robinson, and you're probably putting them in matchups that make you uncomfortable. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think... Jenkins and, and Gardner Johnson, they may be safeties, but I think they help the depth at coverage a good bit. Dave, besides your hatred of Darren Ravel this weekend, which totally was totally warranted, and I think after every emotional rant you have from that now on, you should end it with fuck Darren Ravel. Um, He's such a narc. <laughs> but the draft had some crazy stuff. Jerry Jones was drafting from his super yacht, which is just the most Jerry Jones thing that ever was. The only thing that would have power made move flexing on flexing on all the other owners. I mean, the only thing that would have made it more of a power move is if he would have had bimbos in the background doing blow on the <laughs> yacht while he was drafting. Um, but the ratings were ridiculous. Um, were they, they were, they were 40% higher than last year. The highest ratings I've ever had. And granted, that's because America is captive in our homes and we don't have anywhere to go. But it's really interesting in that the NFL was talking about, hey, maybe we need to add some of this stuff that we do for this year. Maybe we need to keep it going forward. But the one thing is, Andrew, I managed to come out of this drift. I hate Roger Goodell even more. And I didn't think that was possible. He really is insufferable. He is fucking insufferable. Like... Like, it's so uncomfortable. Like, when he turned around and would, like, interact with the fans on the screen that can't even interact back with him. Uh, It's just, he's like, 
Yeah, I said it this past weekend. He's just like a robot. He is like I have yes, a heartless robot. <laughs> I I have a more personal relationship with my Roomba than Goodell had with those screens of fans that he was interacting with that they couldn't hear him. Like it was just so so painful. It would have been more fun, I think, if he was had more of a personality or drank during the draft and was like, hey, I'm in my basement, everybody. Let's do pick 25. But, like, of course he wouldn't do that because he's Roger Goodell and he's a bore. Um, But, Andrew, I know we all said at the top we love this draft and it was great because we needed it. But as as far as on its own terms, did you enjoy it more because of any of the uniqueness than you otherwise have other drafts? Oh, I'll tell you right now what I did not enjoy was the the rock concerts. I mean, where you'd have to go like five minutes watching a band perform. I like music. I like the (laughs) NFL draft. I do not like them together. I don't know what that was, but that was weird. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You saw that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you agree? That was weird. Yeah. 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 Um, I did like seeing the guys at home. Um, you know, I, to me, having them in suits on a big stage and hugging Goodell at the podium and then getting, being interviewed by Dion, like, this isn't the red carpet, you know? This is, this is the NFL draft, and so I think it was way more real and cool to see them with their families, dressed down, and just it felt more real. The dad and falling off the lazy boy. I don't know. I thought that was cool. The pick. I preferred it. Yeah. It was great. I and will see- say, like, there were some guys that were drafted where there was, like, 20 to 50 people in, <laughs> in a room with them. And there was definitely not social distancing going on. No. Um, and there's no way that all those people have been staying together in the same house that whole time. No, and 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 the thing is, like, that's just one room in the house. You know that you know those draft parties had like fifty, eighty, hundred people. Like, there's no, oh, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Um, LSU had fourteen people drafted, which is just amazing. It's a record tied tied the tied record. the record. Most Michigan ever. had yeah. Michigan had every offensive lineman drafted, and that they still are mediocre under Harbaugh. It's just incredible. Um. So, we talked about, you know, what we like about the roster and what we don't. We feel like it's loaded. It's pretty much wrapped up. Is there anything in the NFC South that has changed your mind about the Saints being the clear favorite? And, oh, by the way, Atlanta drafted terribly, I think. They drafted guys that fucking way over-drafted them. Yeah, I mean, I'll say the Panthers went all defense every single pick, and that was that was weird. I mean, I get that they wanted to fix their defense, and their defense was terrible last year, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's a very stubborn approach, and it's kind of similar. Remember Atlanta? Remember they felt like their offensive line wasn't any good, and so they went guard, guard, guard again, just to like over. And in free agency, they got two guards, and then they drafted a guard, then they drafted another one. Like they, they sent, sunk so many assets on one position group uh, because they felt like they had to fix it, and all those guys stunk, and it didn't work. 
And I just feel like it's going to be the same thing with the Panthers. Instead of just being honest with themselves about, like, hey, let's pick the best player, it was all like, let's, they forced all this, these defensive players. And so I think they lost sight of drafting good players. And so I think that's going to blow up in their face. Yeah. And, you know, um, the one thing I the will say about that, that I do like the Saints' philosophy, it doesn't always work out the way they want it to. But I like the Saints' philosophy of, hey, we, added this guy in free agency, that need is filled. And you could say, well, you need more. And you need more. You need another guy. But they say, hey, we signed this guy at tight end or we signed this guy at linebacker or whatever. It's filled. And they don't sort of go to excess in the draft a lot of times. Sometimes they will pick multiple guys because it's best player available. But they don't do it a lot. And, Andrew, I like that philosophy. I think because you have more you have more than one hole to fill, right? Um uh, so there's yeah. that. Um, I, I, there was nothing that scared me, I guess is what I'll say. Um, you know, the Tampa took Wirfs and they needed an offensive lineman to protect Brady. But I do think Wirfs is insanely athletic, um, but he's a little raw. So he has some bust potential. Uh, I, like you said, I think Atlanta drafted absolutely horribly and to see them in the third round go interior offensive line again is just comical <laughs> um so and they drafted a punter yeah i don't know if you saw that in the seventh round well the patriots drafted apparently a drafted a super racist punter that had super racist tats um, hey good for them so i guess Bel- maybe belichick can blame that on his dog um I, and I know the Saints liked uh, the corner that Atlanta took, but that felt like a reach, you know. So, I mean, if I guess if you were to ask me who who made me the most nervous, I guess Derek Brown and uh, Gross Matos, you know, for Carolina to get both of those guys, um, you know, their defensive line uh, might be might be improved. Yeter Gross Matos. Hey, Dave, Allen asks uh, a good question. Uh, instead of Teddy, Teddy's bike life dance, we're going to get Jameis eating the W's to chop a style in the postgame locker room, aren't we? Oh, oh, my pants just got tighter when you mentioned that. Oh, I'm excited about that. It's going to be eat, good. He's going to eat the W for a minimum. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be so good. Here's I can't good wait question. to I can't wait to meme that. Here's a good question from Nola Flint, Andrew. Who will be more confident in training camp, the older, higher-paid Taysom or the number one pick, five-year starter, Jameis? <laughs> I who mean, will be the what? What was the question? Who will be the what? Who will be more confident? Confident? Probably Jameis. Who would have more reason to be confident? Taysom. Jameis is super confident. He thinks he can put a ball anywhere. That's why he throws 30 picks yeah. a year. Jameis, Jameis uh, I remember it's kind of his exit interview. He said, hey, man, I balled out all year. He, he literally said that after throwing 30 interceptions. He said, <laughs> I balled out all year. If I can just cut back the turnovers, I'm, we're talking Pro Bowl. We're talking MVP. And uh, for him to have that assessment of his uh, performance last year, he's not lacking in self-confidence. This is from Wallace. The Saints that I can drafted throw a new... this football over the mountains. 
<laughs> the Saints drafted a new QB to be the next Taysom Hill. Hill himself is already the Clickmaster General, king of content. They signed the 2019 passing NTD leader in Winston, and they still have the greatest quarterback in league history. Is this wealth? I was gonna I was gonna mention that earlier. I mean, could you make an argument that the Saints have the best group of quarterbacks in the NFL? By far. It's not even yeah. I don't even think it's a question. Well, it was definitely the case last year. I don't see why yeah. it would change this year. Well, because we traded out Teddy Bridgewater for Jameis Winston, so I mean, we're still we're still change. talking well, yeah, but Jameis <laughs> is still a, a a starting quality player, I think. And the thing is Bo- the thing- bottom bottom rung, but still a starter. Thing is, though, Jameis talent-wise is leaps and bounds better than Teddy. Like physical talent, you know. Right. Right. Um, so I, 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 while as I think the the room is just as good as it as it ever was. Um, and I don't know. You put you put Teddy with uh, Mike Evans and Godwin, though. I mean, who knows what kind of? No, I think Teddy in Tampa would have done really well with those receivers. Yeah. In another, fact, re- another reason I'm totally excited for this season. We got Teddy in Carolina. We got Brady in Tampa. God. It's I mean, going to be interesting. NFC a, South is going to be wild. I mean, it, yeah. I will, obviously I'm with Dave and I have fears about the season. We all do. And look, we'll take Brady any football we can. Sorry. We'll take any football we can get, right? So if it's empty stadium, it's empty stadium. We'll just deal with it. But it'll really make me sad if it's empty stadiums and we can't. I can't go to Saints Bucks and see Brady Breeze one more time, uh, among other things. But that's just that'll 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 make me uh, really sad. But I, I will tell you, I'm going to bet four months of podcast revenue on the Saints Bucks being the Monday night game week one. I guarantee you that is the fucking game. There is not a doubt in my mind. When are they releasing the schedule? Soon? Should be it's it's gonna be a little bit delayed, they said, because of uh they're trying to they're trying to um they're trying to factor in coronavirus, I guess. So I think they want to wait as long as they can so that they don't have – they don't want to release it and then have to adjust it, I guess. Would that be the reasoning, yeah, right. Andrew? Yeah. So okay. um, thanks to everybody in the chat room tonight. Uh, by the way, I just want to close with this. We worked our ass off this weekend. You got five podcasts plus this one. So you get six podcasts since – Thursday we I did two columns and we just were on Twitter we were in the discord chat room that Andrew set up Andrew how many people we have if do we have signed up in the discord room Uh, over a hundred over a hundred so if you're a patron at any level you can go in the discord chat me and Andrew hang out there more than Twitter now because it's saying it's just Saints talking and as Dave will tell you we're always looking for an excuse not to work uh so there, <laughs> the fi- the final thing I'll say is, you can sign up for Saints Happy Hour and it's free until March first. You I mean May first. You won't get charged. So consider joining us. We're the podcast Sean Payton hates the most. That should tell you something about us. Um, so that wraps it up. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. It's been crazy tonight uh, with people joining the live stream. We really appreciate it. So. 
uh, that'll do it. Uh, an amazing weekend. God, I think I think I speak for all of us. We needed the Saints to do exactly what they did and entertain us for four days in the worst way. So for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who's driving back to St. Louis. Until next time, the bar is closed. Who that? <laughs>